Hi everyone, my name is Ibrahim Shankiti and I'm the editor-in-chief of Dialect 2020 to 2021. This is our first podcast episode of the academic year, and we thought since the year 11's just graduated, we'd have an episode with our magnificent head of year, Mr. Colin Lacey. So, Mr. Lacey, please introduce yourself. Hi, Ibrahim. Uh, thank you very much for having me on here. I think what you said is true. It's kind of a nice time of the year uh, at the midterm point right now um, to, to get this started. So, yeah, for those of you who may not know me around the school, my name is Mr. Colin Lacey. In my fifth year right now at DIA, um, maths teacher for NYP and DP, and like Ibrahim said, I'm the head of year 12 um, right now, and I've been involved with this year group since year eight all the way up. Um, so yeah, good to uh, be on here, and hopefully we'll have a good chat. All right. So first question, um, did you enjoy school when you were a student, and how is it different to how school is nowadays? Um, I'm guessing there's going to be a lot to say for this one, especially how school differs. <laughs> Definitely does differ. Yeah, it's very different. And even I think coming from Ireland in terms of their education system to the education system here is, is very different. But <clears throat> to answer the first part, did I enjoy school when I was a student? Um, yes, I think I did. Um, but I think when you think back to school, it's probably not always the classroom element that you remember fondly. It's kind of the the friends you had and the relationships and all that kind of stuff is what stands out. But yeah, I, I wasn't like a um, yeah, hugely uh, academic student. I was, I was decent. I was fine. I did what I needed to do, but um, not necessarily something that I really, really loved so much. But um, I do have fond memories looking back on school for sure. Uh, I went to a very small primary school and then I went to a larger secondary school. Um, yeah, I think it would be hard for people to comprehend probably with the size of schools over here, but in my whole primary school when I was back in Ireland, in a rural um, Irish kind of not even village, there was 28 students in my whole secondary school, or my whole primary school. So, Like across all years? So if you compare the equivalent of probably year one to year eight, kind of year seven equivalent maybe. Um, so from the age of five up until... 12 or so um with 28 kids or so in my school wow so that that's like the size of my math class i mean wow yeah. okay yeah and, um, and how is it different to how school is nowadays well i think um going back to my secondary school so then in secondary school there was like 700 kids in the school um so we didn't really have you know any technology necessarily in our classrooms we didn't have laptops we didn't have devices it was a blackboard um not even a whiteboard, it was probably a blackboard and a teacher. So your textbook was your main resource, your teacher was your main resource. It was very much chalk and talk, um, not really much uh, in the way of starter tasks or differentiated learning or uh, assignment-based stuff that was pretty much old school homework, lessons, chalk and talk, and get it done. So that was kind of my main um, experience of schooling. And did you have a lot of access to information? I mean, we, we all hear from our parents that like when they wanted something, they have to go to a library. But how did that work for you? Was it well, I think like I, I graduated high school or secondary school in 2006. So it was actually, I think like the internet was there when I was probably like, let's say equivalent to DP right now. The internet was there, but uh, you have to probably understand how it was. Again, it was like slow dial up internet connection. Um, so trying to access any information was um, a bit of a challenge. One of the main social media 
options we had at that stage kind of came out in 2005, 2006, which was called Bebo, um, which some of any older listeners might remember. But um, yeah, like again, you had your textbook, you had, um, that, that was your main source. So it was probably different in terms of how you guys would maybe be given assignment-based stuff to go and extend your knowledge based off what you know. It was probably more us having to understand the prescribed knowledge was how you ended up being more successful. Right. And what did you study in university and how, how, how did that path lead you to become a math teacher here? Um, in university, so I was kind of in limbo a little bit in terms of how I ended up as a maths teacher. I, I actually began studying business. Um, and within the business element of things, there was like mathematical business side of things and there was general business side of things. But in the course that I was doing, there was a, a program in third year which allowed you to go and teach. So the way it is in Ireland is you, can, you generally have to choose two subjects. Um, you know, you, you'll see most teachers, even the Irish teachers here in the school, majority of them will have two subjects that they specialized in. So my options to specialize in at that stage were business and maths. Um, mm-hmm. I was teaching both of them. Now, in terms of being officially accredited to teach maths, I hadn't ticked all of the boxes because I hadn't got enough um, maths credit through my modules that I had chosen. So when I graduated from the business degree, I progressed further after that and I ended up um, doing a teaching degree and I got teaching business and maths and realized I really enjoyed the maths side of things, but officially wasn't qualified to teach it up to the highest level. Um, so I actually went back while I was working in Ireland. I went back part-time and did a, a full-time degree in uh, specifically in maths education and maths itself. So uh, I actually ended up quite a long route to get there, but um, that's that's the path I went and that's, that's uh, where I ended up now. So how, how did you get here? Um, well, I was teaching in Ireland. Um, again, as a, as a business and math teacher and again, just looking for, I was, you know, uh, looking for some different type of experience. Uh, the education sector in Ireland is kind of tricky in terms of managing to get a full-time teaching contract. You could kind of end up on a part-time contract for a couple of years in Ireland and have no job security in the long run. Um, every school kind of, goes on a year-to-year basis with contracts um, and how lucrative it is and how, I suppose, um, reliable it is to get a contract in a teaching position. So I think mm. here was a good opportunity to end up with A, a contract that was maybe a little bit more secure and B, it was just a great opportunity to travel and to see a little bit more of the world and to see a whole new place and a whole new um, culture. So Right. So ever since you've come to the IA, what do you think has been your favorite moment or favorite experience? Um, it's tricky. It's, it's like, it is, uh, like I said, I've been head of year with you guys for um, going to fourth year, so year nine up until right now in year 12. And like, when I look back at things, it, that probably is an enjoyable aspect of, of um, my memories here in DA because when you see older pictures or even like during your, your um, graduation ceremony, which was online this year, seeing like you guys back in your eight or year nine and seeing you guys now and how you transformed and how you're progressing. I think that's like, that's genuinely something that's rewarding to look at. Um, mm. in, in general, I think 
yeah, teaching classes and stuff, that's important, of, of course, and you, you, you remember that. That's your day-to-day things. But it's the things like, um, you know, school trips that are once-off that are, are kind of memorable, you know, uh, trip where you guys went to Wadi uh, Adventure or um, any of the Week Without Walls trips that we've been on. There's some good memories from all of those and they kind of stand out when you look back at things. Mm, yeah, I mean, it, it has been a while. I, 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 even for a student, I guess it's surreal to see our pictures when we're graduating from year 11 because I've known a lot of these people, like all my all my peers since, God, like year four. Yeah, so you've been here a long time, haven't you? Yeah, I have. Some may say too long. <laughs> Not too good yet. So, um, so here's a question from our audience. Now, if someone got in trouble in previous years, do you still perceive that student badly? <laughs> um, I gotta, I gotta have a, you know, a reserved answer on this. So I gotta have a, a careful answer. But no, look, I think Ibrahim. No, I think is the answer to that. I I hope not, and I try, I try not to. As a teacher, I think you got to be uh, making sure you're impartial. But you know, I think there there is times probably where people say things, do things, situations happen. Um, right. But people generally learn from them, I think. And I really don't think that you would perceive that student badly in the long run. Um, you know, sure there was something along the lines where you might have ended up in a little bit of trouble. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, I maybe have one vague recollection of something uh, along the lines, but uh, we won't bring that up today. But, I don't know what you're talking about. But, um, you know, I think my perception. I, I don't think that has skewed my perception. When you know students in the long run, and when you see students are genuinely making efforts to make improvements, and when you see students are genuinely taking advice on board, and like from from the best student to a student that would have ended up in a lot of trouble um, in a lot of different situations. If anyone is genuinely, genuinely trying to make improvements on things, that's respected and that's appreciated in my role. So I think if you see students doing that, then it's it's enough for you to change a perception. Right. Okay, so I'll, I'll divert off questions that require a very diplomatic <laughs> answer. Fair enough, we'll go with that. Something more studies-based. So you're a math teacher. What ways of studying do you think work more than others, especially for math? Ooh, um, I, I kind of like to see maths. I break it down into different sections. I think like, as in, you can kind of think about it in different approaches. Like with, with maths, I almost see it like it's, it's skill-based to an extent. So if you kind of think of it in a sporting context, you've got, you got to build your skill base and you've got to build your skill set. So if it's with maths, you've got to skill, build your ability to, you know, factorize algebraically or to expand or to solve quadratics or whatever it might be so you kind of have to build those and you have to build those and then once you've kind of secured those foundational skills i think then you can obviously try to to twist it in different directions but like i think in terms of a student looking to figure out ways how to study maths you got to analyze where you are with different sections and with different topics if you're at a kind of a base level with a certain topic you have to go back to basics and build it up. And I would probably suggest you go section by section in textbooks or just figure out, you know, the, the small steps that make up the bigger idea. And then if you're, if you're at a higher level within a topic, then you can kind of think of it from, like if you go back to MYP and investigation side of things, I think that kind of helps you generate actual applicable skills that you can actually use in maths. Um, 
And again, you kind of have to be strategic, I suppose, a little more in DP where you kind of have to be exam focused as well. And um, looking at past papers and, and the likes is, is something that's helpful. Right. And for learning new topics, do you prefer like a practice a lot of questions approach or a pr- more like a proving the actual like it kind of like a formula the topic as well like you know it's um and it it sometimes can depend on the level like are you are you hl or sl maths right now uh ah also so i think like for you guys especially you should be pursuing a kind of a, a pure mathematics line of things so for you guys i think approaching something as a in terms of a proof method or you know really understanding like for example, how the quadratic formula works is a representation of um, completing the square, and you can prove the completing the quadratic formula by completing the square. So I think something like that for you guys and for maybe um, people who really enjoy the subject is important in, on one side of things. But then I think for students who are maybe you know not don't really love the subject, I think then it's probably better to approach it with a skill based kind of um, view can be can be helpful so i think it, it depends on your, your class and your level and um the goals i think of each student all right so uh, i'm not really sure about the deadlines for the ias and stuff but i do know that we're gonna have to start our eyes at some point this year so what what are any tips you'd give for the math ia we're kind of doing that with our year 13s right now so i'm sure if there's any year 13s listening to this they're probably um stressing over the midterm trying to finalize ideas and trying to come up with their first drafts right now so we will generally introduce the IA at the end of year 12 and then mm-hmm. the year 12 last year had a kind of an experience uh, where they produced like a mini version of the IA uh, based off a given topic so that got them used to the layout and the structures and all this kind of stuff um, but for their final IA they're, they're working on their first draft right now so to perfect your maths IA, it's a tricky thing because the boundaries are quite high in terms of getting a level seven. Um, the uh, maths IA is worth 20 marks and to get a level seven, it's generally 18 marks plus. Um, so it's tricky to get, but I think that, like the ones that generally end up scoring well, number one, there's something interesting and there's something a little bit different and there's something a little bit more creative about them. Like you can, a lot of people can do a kind of a general IA and they can get to a fairly solid five or six, but um, those who are a little bit more creative in their approach and a little bit more um, rigorous in terms of the, the effort and the length they go to, to create certain maths IAs, and they generally score better and they generally are a little bit more interesting um, if you're marking them to read and just to kind of get your head around. So I think something creative is useful and um, being organized and you know t- ensuring you're looking over the the rubric and the the grading system to make sure that you're ticking as many boxes as you can right okay so i think now uh that's all of our academic based questions out of the way so let's get to know you better so sir what is your favorite movie film or tv show oh, um i'm gonna say tv show is called the wire mm-hmm. it's kind of an older an older TV show. It's probably based uh, in the 90s, I think. Uh, it's in Baltimore, in Maryland, and it's um, got five seasons or so. It, it kind of takes a different angle every season in terms of one. It's, it's mainly based around um, uh, a drug kind of cartel 
and it's mainly based off one side is the police's version of things one is um from the political side of things and every season takes a different angle so that's definitely my recommendation for a tv show um movie wise oh, i think i'm not a huge like i will watch a lot of movies but i'm not a huge like movie um fan you know basically mm. but something like the Shawshank Redemption is one of the right. um definitely a big fan of something like that comedy wise I, I liked uh, a lot of those comedies around mid 2000s like Will Ferrell comedies with Anchorman old school all of these right. kind of ones have to uh, you know recommend those ones too all right so what's your favorite book um I think one of the books that I've read most recently that like made you think was um was sapiens so um have you read sapiens or have you seen yeah i'm almost three quarters of the way through it it's it, a pretty good book it takes quite a while isn't it yeah it does it's kind of one of those books that you have to really concentrate when you're reading um i generally like reading uh, non-fiction so you know i think i will read um culture kind of based books and i quite um got quite interested in, you know, some culture around North Korea and what's been happening there historically and how the culture actually is there. So read a couple of good books based off that. But I think Sapiens is one that made you really think most um, about like what's actually happening in the world around you and how we got to where we are in terms of, you know, religions, in terms of structure, in terms of how everything has developed. So I thought that was um, something worth reading right so here's a question also also i rate that book choice i'm not gonna lie to you yep. that is a fantastic book it's, there. yeah it's, it's pretty it's pretty hard to put down okay so do you have a secret talent oh not really Abraham. no other than being a fantastic head of year yeah yeah it's not gonna get you anywhere <laughs> at this stage so oh. <laughs> you've yeah. got nothing to gain here um, not necessarily Abraham. no i think um like i've probably spoke to some of you guys before but one like my what i would perceive as kind of my main talent is probably the irish game of hurling so um that's kind of a, a local game we play back home that a lot of irish people would have grown grown up playing and we have, what is hurling? We, we continue to play over here it's not happening at the minute it hasn't started back since um covid but we play over here in the Middle Eastern League, so it's kind of something that I would feel that that's probably where I uh, would be most skilled, maybe. Um, not saying that it's up to a, a, a hugely high level, but something that I enjoy most, and that's probably something that I... Um, I mean, uh, I'm not... I've never heard of the sport. I think you talked to us once about it, but I've never actually seen it. I mean, how, how does one hurl? How, do how does hurl? one hurl? You should YouTube. If you need to do the hurling, it's, it's worth a watch. So hurling is an Irish game. It's 15 players on a team, so it's 15 aside. Um, you've got six backs, six forwards, two midfielders, and you've got a stick with kind of a wide um, bottom on it for striking. You can lift the ball. The ball is about the size of a baseball. Um, so you can like strike the ball in the ground. You can lift the ball into your hand and strike it out of your hand. And if you strike it over the post, it's uh, one point. If you strike it into the net, there'd be a goalkeeper standing there. But if you strike it into the net, it's three points. So 
that's our game that's our Irish game and over here it's modified a little bit uh, there's nine players aside over here just because we don't have the huge uh, facilities that we're right. at home but it's, a, it's an amateur sport in Ireland but every year in September um, we've got so Gaelic football and hurling are kind of like hand in hand in terms of the organisation I think maybe a couple of years ago when we had Mr. McBreen back in the day he um, introduced a bit of Gaelic football to some of you guys Mm-hmm. Do you remember some of that? Yeah, I do. Um, but like the biggest day in Irish sport is what we call All Ireland Final Day. Um, that is the best day you can have. Whereas we, we have like it's, an, it's a it's not a professional sport; it's an amateur sport. But we've got our own national stadium, which is called Croke Park, and it holds almost uh, eighty around eighty two thousand people. So, amateur sport, amateur organization. And we managed to kind of fill up a stadium of 82,000 people, which I think rivals some of the, you know, the biggest stadiums like um, across Europe. Yeah. Well, there, there you have it. I mean, if anyone listening to this was thinking about challenging any teacher to a hurling competition, there you go. Probably don't do a Mr. Lee's. Check it out, YouTube. It. You should, you should, uh, you should have a look, and it's definitely enjoyable to watch. There you go. Um, so. Other than hurling now, what are your hobbies? Like, what is a hobby that you never thought you'd like before actually trying it? Um, I think one of the things that I probably have uh, become a bit obsessed with recently, again, not so talented with it, but when I was younger, I was always like, oh, never going to get into this, was golf. So I've got quite into that recently, um, over the last three or four years. Second is maybe over lockdown, actually. I can see, you know, I've taken some inspiration from you and, um, you know, from Andy today as well in the Europe music concert that I've, I've played a little bit of ukulele over lockdown. Um, kind of have left it go a little bit now since we're back to work and you don't have as much time, but um, I really enjoyed it. I, I'm no way musical, but I kind of enjoyed giving it a try at least. And other than that, I got into um, a little bit of scuba diving as well. I've done my paddy course. Um, I've done a few dives in Bali, in the Maldives, in the Philippines, and a couple here as well in Fajera. So um, enjoy those kind of things. Wow, sir! If you played the ukulele, you should um, you should perform next time. <laughs> Gotta get to a better standard than that, Ibrahim. Oh, okay. Well, we're all very patient students at this point. So we can wait. It's fine. <laughs> we'll see. Maybe next year. All right. Um, and I think second to last question, uh, if you could go anywhere right now, where would you go? Um, probably back to Ireland, I think, right now. Like usually in the summer, you get to travel back home and see um, family. So my mom is back in Ireland and my brothers, nieces and nephews. Um, so I think... That would probably be top of the list right now. Um, you know, hopefully we get to go back at Christmas time. Um, you know, that's one of the things about living away. You get to, you miss your family back home. But right. that would probably be top of the list. Um, and second would literally be anywhere. I think when you live in the UAE, you kind of get used to um, traveling when it comes to holidays and summer breaks and spring breaks and um, any chance you can get. There's so much of the world to see within a, a couple of hours. So, um Anywhere in specific? Any kind of holiday. I'd like to go to Italy. I was scheduled to go to Italy last summer. Um, mm. And that was kind of a planned holiday we had and didn't get to happen. So I wouldn't mind 
fulfilling that one. Um, I've been to New Zealand a couple of years ago for a few weeks in the summer, and the scenery is absolutely incredible there. And if you ever get a chance to go see that side of the world, make sure you, you get it done because the scenery and like the natural layout of the land, you've got skiing, you've got absolutely everything from um, Hobbiton, you've got um, absolutely everything uh, in New Zealand. So that's another place you could definitely spend right. quite a bit of time. And just the last question for today, uh, sir, if you could... I mean, recently, I mean, the past around month and a half, I'd say, or two months, uh, we've come back to school. So how would you describe the experience? I mean, how, how has it been different for you? How, like, what are the ups and downs for it? It's a bit weird, isn't it? Yeah, <laughs> that's for sure. Like, I think it's gotten better. And I think people are getting used to it. And I think it's like everything. Like, habit is just habit. And I think all of us just have that tendency to you know chat to people and to get close to people and to go back to your normal habits and it was it's hard to break those habits i think um i found the first couple of weeks was well as a teacher to begin it was kind of tricky to get used to some of the hybrid lessons you've got lessons online and you've got maybe people in class and then you've kind of got you know the mix in between so it's kind of tricky sometimes to get used to that even just navigating all of that and you know basic issues with technology here and there is always going to happen um i find that you're so used to a classroom dynamic where especially in ib where kids are discussing and you know working on on group tasks um and i think it's it's difficult to actually go back to having to have everyone individual unless you set up something maybe online but um, and i think that kind of changes the dynamic in the class sometimes in terms of students i find when you're behind a mask you're probably going withdrawn into yourself a little bit and especially people are sending, spending so much time on devices it just um it kind of takes a huge social element out of things so i think that's difficult for a teacher sometimes then to get you know a really good dynamic in a class and I think it's difficult for students as well it's draining for students not to be able to kind of have that release at a break time or a lunch time um, and I kind of feel sorry for students in that way but again it's just you I think for everything and everyone just wishes that you could go back to normal and you could go back to the, the usual things that we're used to but I still think like it's so enjoyable to come into a school where there is students. Yeah. Um, I mean, at this point, like it is what it is. I mean, as you said, habit is habit. I mean, it changes over time. So I think we're all pretty much getting used to the whole not being able to go anywhere during break and lunch. And, you know, we're just making it work. Yeah. And I think, I think, you know, as a whole, people are doing generally pretty well with, um, I, I, I think the difference for us as teachers towards the end of last year where we had no students, we were looking at screens all the time. <laughs> and I'm sure, I'm sure you've had a few teachers at Brain where they're asking questions and you're, you're it's like a tumbleweed when you're waiting for a response sometimes from some students. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so I think actually having some students face to face and getting that little bit of dynamic is better than not having um, any classroom dynamic, I think. So, so happy to be back in school, happy to um, have that. I suppose opportunity and hoping it will be able to be maintained. Hmm. Oh yeah. Also, I just wanted to 
I mean, I, I literally cannot agree with you more. Sometimes like a teacher would ask something and because you're not there, yeah, you just have no obligation to respond. And so it made for really, really long, awkward pauses. But now that we're, you know, a lot of people back in school, it's, it's a lot better, the classroom dynamic. Yeah, I think so, for sure. All right. Thank you very much, sir. Um, I enjoyed that a lot. I'm pretty sure everyone watching will enjoy it as well. Either your 13s who just wanted that snippet for the IA or, you know, the year 12s who've like been with you for like, what, four years now. Um, thank you very much, sir. I appreciate it and uh, have a great day. Thanks to you too, Ibrahim. Enjoy the chat.